All right, today we'll be continuing our sermon series, the sermon that turned the world upside down. Uh, we're going to jump around a little bit. I'm jumping ahead to uh, Matthew 5, 33 through 37 today. So it's Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no, anything more than this comes from evil. Alright, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. It's actually not that much of a secret. Uh, people don't live up to what they say they're going to do. They don't. We've all experienced that, right? It's not actually a secret. We learn this when we're really little. You know how I know we know we learn that when we're really little? Because when someone tells you that they're going to do something great for you when you're really little, what's your response? You promise? You promise you're going to do that? You cross your heart, hope to die, stick a needle in your eye? Do you do all that? Because that's the only way I'm going to believe you, is if you do that. We make people take an oath to really believe what they're going to say because we know from our experience that people say they're going to do a lot of things and they don't do them. They don't live up to them. And so the oath is there to add weight to their words, to make sure that if they don't live up to what they say that they're going to, that there's some sort of punishment for them in return. A needle in the eye doesn't sound like much fun. So as a little kid, you think, yeah, that's a good, good oath. And this is an accepted way of dealing with people in society. If they tell us something grand, we want something else that assures us that they are going to follow through on their words. But Jesus says, no, that's not the way it should be. He takes the accepted way of thinking, and again, he's turning it upside down. He's flipping it on its head, and he comes up and says this, if you say yes, let it be yes. If you say no, let it be no. Whatever you say, make sure you do it. That's what should give weight to your words. The fact that your actions back up what you say. Now, starting off, taking oath was uh, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, if you look back in the Old Testament, God himself takes an oath with Abraham. And when he swears, he says, I swear by myself. Because there's nothing greater God could swear by, right? He is the greatest. So he swears by himself to Abraham that he will make Abraham a great nation. And then there's commands that if you take an oath in God's name, that you should fulfill them. Why? Because if you don't, you're bringing dishonor to God's name. If you take an oath and you're saying, by God, I am going to do this, and you don't follow through with that, 
then you're dragging God's name through the mud. Furthermore, he says, if you do that, if you take an oath and you don't live up to it, he says, is, is a sin. So it's a sin to take an oath in God's name and to not live up to it. But, again, in the Old Testament, as long as you took the oath and you fulfilled it, then that was okay. So the problem Jesus is addressing here is not the fact that they're taking oaths, but how they are taking oaths and the whole attitude of their hearts behind how they were taking oaths. So the religious leaders of the time uh, had come up with an idea to kind of make the rules a little easier to get around. So they were uh, concerned with looking good, of course. They were expected to to maintain all the rules, to keep all the rules. And they themselves proclaimed that they were going around keeping all the rules. All of God's commands. Now you and I both know that that's not an easy thing to do. In fact, it's an impossible thing to do. So the Pharisees had this habit of making these rules really narrowly defined so that they could live up to the the rules or they could live up to God's commandments. So they did this with when God said you should love your neighbor as yourself. The Pharaoh, or the Pharaohs, the Pharisees, a couple thousand years difference there. Uh, the Pharisees really narrowly defined who their neighbor was. So that it was just those close around them who they liked. And they said, look, I'm loving my neighbors. And of course, Jesus comes along and destroys that line of thinking. He says, no, it's not just those around you who you like. It's anybody around you. And he's doing the same here because what they had done to get around this rule, to get around this command, was they said, well, God said if we swear by his name and don't live up to it, then it's a sin. But we can do other things. All right, We can swear by heaven. That's impressive if I'm swearing by heaven, right? It looks good to everybody. I swear by heaven I am going to do this. Everyone's like, yeah, they swore by heaven. But what they were really doing was giving themselves an out. Then if they didn't fulfill their oath, they could go, well, I'm not in sin. I'm not in sin because I didn't break an oath in God's name. We can swear by the earth. Right? We can swear by the earth. That's, that's big. It's grand. It looks good if we swear by this. But if we break our oath, we're not in sin because we're not breaking an oath that we made in God's name. We can swear by Jerusalem, a great, impressive city. We can swear by it. And once again, that makes our oaths look impressive. And if we fail to come through on it, no big deal. We're not in sin. We didn't break an oath in God's name. Jesus says, no, you can't do that. What does he say? He says, heaven, that's God's throne. So you're still really taking an oath by God. The earth is his footstool. It's his creation. He has filled it with his image bearers. You really think that by taking an oath by the earth, you're somehow bypassing an oath you've taken to God? Jerusalem, the city of the great king, it said, referring to Jesus himself, the great king who is going to come down. You really think 
that the city that the Messiah is going to be sent to, that you can swear by it and you're not taking an oath before God? He says, no, that's not the case. In fact, you can't even swear by your own head. You can't take an oath by your own head. Why? Because you can't even control whether one hair is black or one hair is white when it grows naturally out of your hair. <laughs> Thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> All right. You can't control that. We could go further. You can't control how many days you have to live. All of that. You can't control how tall you are, how short you are. You cannot even take an oath by yourself because even that isn't yours. God has created you. Even then, an oath you are taking ultimately is an oath you are taking before God. You do not get out of breaking your oaths because you swore by something else. Jesus is directly attacking that attitude. So Jesus' solution is rather simple. He said, look, you can't take these oaths. You're obviously not intending to keep them. Just don't take any oath at all. Don't take oaths. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Don't take an oath. Furthermore, he says anything beyond just saying yes and anything beyond just saying no is evil. It's from evil. It's almost like taking that oath is an excuse, kind of like your exit clause saying, I'm taking this oath. It's really my exit clause to not live up to what I'm going to say. People do this all the time. Um, I'm going to use fishermen as an example, okay? Because like, I love to fish, and we all know people who like to tell big fish stories, right? <clears throat> you go fishing with somebody. They catch a fish. It's a nice-sized fish. By the time they're telling that story that night over dinner, the fish has grown like three inches. And then a couple weeks later, that, that same fish has now grown six inches in their story. And if you hear that fish story a year later, the fish they caught was almost the state record. And what do they always say as they're telling you this huge story? I swear to God, it was this big! That should be a warning bell in your ear. If you hear, I swear this, I swear that, I swear on my mother's grave, whatever it is, there should be warning bells going off in your ears. This guy probably isn't telling me the whole truth right now. That's what we do. It's like we use that oath on the end of something we say, I swear by this, I swear by that, to add credibility to a completely false statement. Now, you know, we can apply that to many, many stories, whether it was your high school glory days or, you know, whatever. People like to embellish, and they always do it by giving you this oath. Car salesman, that's another one I just thought of. <laughs> this is the best car you're ever going to find. Look at it. It was taken care of by a little old lady who never drove it in the rain or the snow. I promise you, you will not find a better deal than this. Warning bells should be going off in your ears when you hear that. They're trying to add legitimacy to something that's probably not true. Maybe she wrecked it twice. I don't know. 
But that's what people do to try and add legitimacy to claims that just aren't true. All right, so we are called not to be like that. We're called to be trustworthy and honest people. When we say we're going to do something, you and I, we need to do it. When we say we're not going to do something, we need to make sure we don't do it. Going past that, once again, is from evil. And on one hand, I think this application might seem really simple at first. I can do that. It's easy. Just do what you say you're going to do. That seems very simple. But we all know that that's not the case a lot of times. A lot of things get in the way of us keeping our word. Or maybe it's something that we promised that we never should have promised because it's way beyond anything we can fulfill. So if we're going to be people who live up to our word, it's got to start with having the right attitude in our heart. It's got to start there. Our affections of our heart have to be in the right place or we're going to find Jesus' command here extremely difficult to follow through on. So, where should our heart be? It should be on God. It should be treasuring Him above all else. It should be treasuring the Gospel above all else. When we do that, we find His commands to be much less burdensome. We find it much easier to follow when we are for that instead of for other things. For example, if your heart is for money, if money is what drives you, what drives your affections, gaining wealth is all you think about and what you cherish most, then you're going to have a hard time keeping your word. You're going to have a hard time having your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Let's face it, dishonesty can be pretty profitable, money-wise, not in other areas. Think of all the scams, the schemes, Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, once-in-a-lifetime investment opportunities that all come along that are totally false. They are built on false pretenses. They promise things they can never deliver on. And the people who run them, sometimes for a long time, get very, very wealthy. But it doesn't even have to be that extreme. Like that's kind of an extreme example of somebody breaking their promise to a lot of people. I think we probably would find it more often fleshing that itself out like this. Honey, I'll be home for dinner tonight. I'll be there. Sweetie, I will be at your game this weekend. I promise I'm going to be there. And then what happens? Work happens. Something comes up. We want to do that to look good in front of the boss so maybe we can get a promotion. Or maybe we're going to work overtime so we get extra money when we really probably don't need the extra money, but that's what we value. And so we take that extra overtime shift and we miss the game or we miss the dinner. And we've broken our word. I think that's a lot more how that plays out in our lives. If your heart is towards wealth, then you're going to be breaking promises you're going to be making promises you can't keep to the people in your life. 
Your yes is not going to be a true yes. Your no is not going to be a true no if your heart desires money above God. Your heart is turned towards the approval of people instead of the approval of God, then you're going to have a hard time with this. You're going to have a hard time saying yes and keeping it a yes and saying no and keeping it a no. Because what you're worried about is pleasing people. So maybe this manifests itself like you take on too much. I know, uh, I've known several people. They can't say no to people. No matter what. They want to please people. They want people's approval. So if somebody asks them to do something, it doesn't matter how busy their schedule is, they're like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Because I want to please you. That's my desires. I want your approval. And then they end up packing their schedule way too tight. They can't possibly fulfill all the promises they've made. So they end up breaking them. How do you view that person? Well, you view that person as untrustworthy. Someone whose yes isn't yes. Someone whose no isn't no because they just take on too much trying to please people. There's other ways, though, that that takes place uh, in our lives, and one of them is in mine, and that is I want the approval of people, and so I fear looking like a fool in front of them. I don't want to appear in front of people asking questions because I don't know the answer to them or look like I don't have everything together in my life. And so I really hate making phone calls to people like doctors or my insurance agent or my realtor or other pastors or other teachers or event organizers, or any of that. Why? Because I know if I call and I'm the one asking questions, then I look like I don't have everything together. And so I've told people, yes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to take care of it. But it involves calling someone and I'll put it off and I'll put it off and I'll put it off until it's too late. And then I have to go to that person who I said I was going to do something for it and say, I didn't come through for you. I didn't do what I said I was going to. And why? All because I fear the approval or I desire the approval of people that I don't even know. My heart is towards the wrong thing in that situation. And so when I say yes, sometimes it doesn't turn out to be a yes. And when I say no, sometimes it doesn't turn out to be a no. Because I fear the approval or I want the approval of people. I fear man. God's grace has been working on me through that, and He does that through us. But if you're like me, and you know that your yes hasn't always been yes, and your no hasn't always been no, and I, that's everybody, right? We've all said we would do something that we didn't come through with. I have good news for you. That is that God is not like that. When God says He's going to do something, He does it. And what He said He was going to do all those thousands of years ago to Abraham, when He took an oath by Himself, He said, I am going to bless all the nations through you, Abraham. 
through your offspring, He has done in Jesus Christ. He fulfilled His Word, even though we have been oath-breakers our whole lives. God has fulfilled His Word to us through His Son Jesus, coming down, dying on the cross for our sins. That is an amazing thing. God is faithful to us who are not faithful to Him, who are not faithful to each other. His grace is extended to us. Grace, grace, right? Grace, grace. So, Restoration Road. I want us to be a people who live up to our words. I want us to be a people who because we serve a God who is faithful and true to us, that we are then that way towards other people. Because we love Him more than we love anything else, we make sure that our yes is a yes. That our no is a no. That we don't feel the need to make an oath on top of it. Because people can trust us. Isn't that the mark of someone you can trust? That you don't require an oath from them? If they tell you something is going to get done, and you trust them, you say, okay. No asking to stick a needle in their eye. Let that be us. Because God has been that way to us. And we are His people. When we don't do it, let us repent. Going to God. Knowing that in Jesus, we have forgiveness. That He is still faithful and true to us, even when we are not. Amen?